Hey, Bobby Manning here. Want to give you guys a quick update on this feed. We're going to be throwing it back to our old Celtics postgame show style about an hour after every Celtics game show. And we're doing it on the Locker Room app. If you haven't heard of the Locker Room app, it's available on the Apple App Store as well as getlockerroom.com. And you just download the app, find our room. You can follow me, Bobby Manning, Josue Pavone, John Zanis, as well as Jimmy Toscano, and get alerted every time we go live, which is going to be, like I said, an hour after every single game. You can join us there, just like on our old show, and jump on as a caller. Questions, takes, opinions, all that stuff. You'll have your chance to throw it out there and have a little bit of a back and forth with our show like we used to here. Now that audio is going to be available here on this feed. So what you're going to hear after... This is our locker room conversation from last night, uh, the Celtics post-game show overtime, as we're going to be calling it. And that's going to be what this stream is going forward. If you want the Celtics post-game show as we do it on YouTube immediately following the buzzer, which is going to continue for an hour after every game, you're going to want to go subscribe to the Garden Report podcast feed. That's the Garn Report podcast feed. It's on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you're getting your podcast, anywhere you're getting this podcast stream, you'll be able to get the Garn Report one as well. And that will be our post-game stream. This is going to continue to be the locker room stream from every night. So we're basically doing two shows each night. Second one's going to involve you guys. So it's standing here on our old stream where we used to do that every night. And here is tonight's show. What up, Nick? How's it hey, going? What's good, Nick? What's going on? Just waiting for the boys to come over from the post game show. And yeah. uh, good win. I, I I'd have to say, the first win of the season was today. The first, ah, uh, yeah. Uh, they didn't have a uh, Jamal, but I just think like the effort and the intensity and right and and they actually enjoyed playing basketball like it was everybody everybody was screaming right it was exciting and then grant sticking up for yep. uh, romeo that's the first time i've seen that all year all year yep and it's, it's the same first thing. time I mean, i've seen that marcus has been exceptional um last couple games and Glad to see Tatum and Brown, you know, muscle through injury. I mean, it just they looked like what we, we had expected prior to um, prior to opening night, and uh, really, they looked like they did the first couple weeks of the season, and, and and that's that's the most we can we can hope for, right? I mean, uh, right. if they play this way, you can see them, you know, get into the, the Eastern Conference Finals again. But the question is, that's a big if. I don't know if it's if it's. Uh, if it's even possible. Yeah. And it's just that, you know, these last couple of games, Tatum has been relentlessly putting his head down to get into yes. the rim. Well, because and I think people are finally getting through to him. Right. You and know, it's just I like, mean, go ahead. It's like, bro, you're 6'9, you have a great body. Like, just, there's not a lot of people that can. I can check you if you if you just force you in the paint and he's yep. and he I I think they're finally starting to 
starting to think that it's just like it's it's easy to score. It's so easy yep. to score. Well, I think that's the, the the one thing. I mean, like I said, I, I've told you before. It's it's the I got to look at the box score this season and pretty much predict what's going on. Obviously, I watched today's game, but th- this was the, the the first game where I felt like even though they weren't hitting from deep or distance, they still were in the game because they were penetrating the lane. They were playing aggressively and getting to the line. Tatum could score forty a game. If he gets to the line, I mean, right. he's a great free throw shooter. He's long. He's got great, le- uh, you know, great feet and uh, good low post moves. There's no, no reason why that dude shouldn't be on the line. Um, pretty much all the all, all, every possession, you know, at least so, nine times a game. Yeah, at least yeah. that's the at least that's the minimum he should be at. Yes, I, I would agree. I mean, and that that takes <laughs> a lot, you know. Uh, that takes driving, driving into the paint, and, and and getting to the rim. You know this this team. And you look at Tatum's percentages, and I love his step back jumper, but not every possession. You know, and it, and it, and I think Jimmy said at the last show kind of resembles Paul Pierce back in the day, where it was ISO, ISO, ISO prior to the big three getting together, and yeah. you know it worked for Pierce because that's all they had. But this team has. Two, three stars, um, you know, with a couple, like, like a Rob that could be a, a, a you know, great role player, and uh, move the ball, man. Get to the lane. Get into get to get to the line. You're good free throw shooters. Not only that, you stop runs. You control the pace. Thank you. you, you they ran the today. Pace. They finally ran. They ran. They ran today, and uh, I, I I couldn't be happier with. Um, I couldn't be happier with that, uh, with the results, you know, mainly because, again, they were not exceptional from deep, and yet they were still able to compete. And that's really what you want to look at. What's so disturbing about this season has been when they're not hitting from deep, they're not defending. They're not running. They they don't get back. They don't run. Yes, exactly. Exactly. They lose confidence when they don't shoot their threes, when they don't go in. So they it's like play. they lose chaos. And and you know what, um, Bus, it is uh uh follow the leader in, in sports and, and and Tatum is, is the leader of this team at this point and I think they, they kinda play through his emotions and you saw a lot of head hanging earlier, you know, uh, up until three games ago. The truth is here, guys, one man I think really takes a cake and in turning this around, and it's the heart and the soul, and it's Marcus Smart. I mean, the dude doesn't have to. Yeah, he, he ramped it up recently. Yeah, he's picked it up, and you can see it um, night in and night out. The last several. What's, games. what's going on with Kemba? Like, is this is a, a long stretch now? Well, I think that Kemba is still, you know, dealing with the knee, and we have a Sherrod now, and. Uh, uh, guys, Nick and, and Boss, I appreciate you kind of hanging by with me while the the real deal gets here because, uh, you know, I just fill time with my big mouth. So, Sherrod <laughs> is here. Sherrod, could you hear me? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's the only this bad is, uh... thing about locker room. Yeah, does this happen all the time, guys? Yeah. You know what's really funny is that years ago, it's just the technology. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't. Change the technology. So John is here now. What's wrong with locker room? Leader, John, are you hearing me? Yeah, I hear you. You hear me? I do, bro. I hear you. 
What's going on with what was the bad thing about locker room? There's nothing bad about locker room. I said the technology is, uh, you know, glitchy. So Sherrod couldn't hear us, but he's he's coming back. And I feel we're going to get next- this thing done. By the playoffs, we'll have this thing humming. You know, dude, I, I honestly think for once it's not our fault. <laughs> uh, it's all, it's, it usually is. We'll fi- it we'll usually f- is, bro. Yeah, we'll- so, John, was, was like Sherrod the MVP or what? We're getting Marcus playing this way. I mean, it's, it's, uh, Marcus has been incredible. I mean, really, well, really. Seeing as, let me put it this way, um, though, though Sherrod's the one that um, took the heat for it, that was my take. So I know uh, it was. I, I was <laughs> So I, I mean, I owned it dead on the post game show because Sherrod wasn't on that night when it came out. Um, when that when that Marcus stuff came out, I'm the one that said that. But what's funny is, like you know, I've said it a million times. That's literally the the. The like the least of our Marcus Smart criticism. It's always focused around shot selection. Yeah, those times where he just kind of get. It, it's never has anything. The defense is the teeniest thing, which is like he does a lot of things well on defense. I just don't think he's great at staying in front of quick twitchy guys, which I absolutely stand by. Um, yeah, but yeah, we're. I will take credit. We will. The guard report will take credit for everything good that's happened to the Celtics. <laughs> yes. I'm right there yeah. with you. I mean. Yes. I, I think what I was telling the, the other guys in here before you arrived, I think what's most encouraging about today is it's the first of all, John, it's, it is the first win of the season in my mind since at least week two, right? Because they showed up and they played through not being exceptionally great from the, yeah. the from deep and yet still played defense, still passed the ball, went to the, you know, drove the rack. Grant Williams grew a set of balls so many things happen good in this game, and let's just hope it carries over. Yeah. They seem to always get it together out west, don't they? You know, we think uh, years back, going back to the Golden State, breaking up that uh, huge win streak. Yeah, uh, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. I, we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm, you know, I said this is a good opportunity here to kind of, you know, steal a couple. You get this Denver win. This this was a tough one when you looked at it on the schedule. They caught a break. I mean. Let's be real. Murray not playing obviously was a break, and then Denver just yes. looking like they didn't want to. They didn't want to be there. You know, I we were trying to figure their bench out was how, horrible. They were horrible. Their bench was horrible. I and but the Celtics came out and they looked like they didn't want to play either. So we were mm-hmm. pretty. You know, like it looked one of those games that like which team won Sunday the afternoon. Least. Yep. Yeah, it was a classic Sunday afternoon game. But then credit to the Celtics. You know, they they, they stepped on the gas there, uh, and and Denver just uh, Denver just quit. John uh, Jeff T just showed uh-oh, up. Oh, you chat. guys made a big mistake yeah. trading me. Oh yeah, God, he's pissed. He is. Um, so Sherrod's, <laughs> Sherrod's here again, I believe. Yeah, um, he is in. He is in, and there he is. Sherrod, are you um, hearing us, buddy? Hey, you're uh, breathing. No, no, no. Hey, Sherrod, no. are you there yet? Okay, well, we're filling up the room. If Sherrod can't hear us yet, he'll hopefully jump in there in a bit. I'm going to rifle through a couple other guys. I got Ronnie hanging out uh, here in the chat. Ronnie, can you hear us? Ronnie, you there? No, Ronnie. I'm going to go to Adam. Adam, are you there? Yep. Adam's great, man. He Adam's with Celtics Blog and, and uh, I know. What's going on, Adam? What's going on? Good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. A nice early game for me over here. Um, managed to get a podcast recorded. Exactly, right? It's been dope. It's nice to see a win on a matinee as well. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, uh, that is good. Uh, Ronnie, uh, Ronnie's commenting. Ronnie, I'll get to you in a second, buddy. I, I had to drop you because I didn't hear you, but I'll just request to speak and I'll put you back up. We're still waiting on Sherrod. Adam, why don't you fire away? Um, you got any comments or questions or anything on the game? I want to know what you guys thought of Tristan Thompson's performance off the bench and whether or not you think he should continue to come off the bench. Where's Bobby? So, with, no, well, I'll put it this way. I don't know who was watching the post-game show, and I'm bringing Sherrod in here. Sherrod, you hear us okay? Yep, I got you now. All right, cool. So we got Adam Taylor here, Celtics blog. The question here uh, was on uh, Tristan Thompson and his play and whether he's off the bench. Now, this is – anyone who's listened to our show, you know, it's been, a, it's been a crusade of mine, obviously, to get Rob more minutes. And I've, I've thought for a while he was better suited with the starters. I understood Tice playing there. Um, because of various factors. But um, I always thought Thompson should have been playing the least amount of minutes. And I always thought they really should have tried to pare that center rotation down to two guys getting the bulk of the minutes because we really want to see Rob around 25-26. I think he had 27 minutes tonight. And so I like Rob with the starters because I think that unlocks their potential a little bit more, more so than Tristan. Um, And Bobby Manning, who's not here yet, had been lobbying very hard for Tristan possibly to come back in the starting rotation, but today conceded he really likes him with that second unit. I want to, Oh, I lost Sherrod again. I was going to get Sherrod's take on that. So I think, generally speaking, our consensus was that um, he was better suited to be in that second unit uh, because he's playing really well right now. I actually think this is one of his better stretches. He's three games back off of COVID where you would have expected a slow ramp up. I love the way he's playing. So uh, I like him a lot in that second unit. I'll ask your opinion if you think differently, but I, I, I wouldn't change a thing right now. Adam. John, I love- yeah, I, I'm a big fan of him in that second unit. I like the, uh, the, the way he's performing alongside Grant Williams at the moment. I think that's really helped add some form of physicality once the, the main scorers come off the bench. The only concern I have is rub against guys like Jokic, guys like Embiid. He just doesn't have the muscle to hang with them at the moment. So I don't know whether I'd be more willing to put Thompson into the starting lineup against the elite. Yeah. Just to keep well, Rob's confidence at a certain Well, the problem, I think, it, it was a perfect storm, okay? I, I think those la- you had that three-game stretch there uh, where two of the three was, uh, uh, you know, Cat, and Embiid, obviously. And I think Embiid, that really shook Rob. Look, nobody can stop Embiid. And what we were saying, the key to that game for Rob was just recognize the fact that you can't compete with him. So let him get his 30 points. Just stay in the game. Don't leave your feet. Don't be overly aggressive. He's going to bully you. Don't fall for shot fakes. Just go straight up and down. And whatever happens, happens. If you can pick a shot or two out of the sky, that's great. If you're able to keep him outside to the perimeter and make him shoot jumpers, even better. But just don't get in foul trouble. And he did. And he tried He tried to be, you know, he tried to do a little bit of everything. He tried to block shots. Uh, he tried to be that guy. He got off his feet a ton. Um, and he didn't get the benefit of the doubt on any calls. And he, he fouled himself out of the game. And, and, and he didn't do a thing. And I think he was a little shook after that. Um, so he's had a couple of bad matchups. So I think people kind of saw the worst of Rob uh, and it coincided with Tristan's return. But at the end of the day, what we've been saying all year, I believe the uh, positives outweigh the negatives by so much that you have to just live with whatever it is that Rob does that isn't ideal. Because I do think he does things that no other human being can do, let alone anybody on the team, with his physicality. He's one of the best passing bigs in all of basketball. He might be their second best playmaker behind Smart. You can even argue he's their best passer 
uh, just in terms of court vision. Um, and obviously that kind of ro- the gravity that he has rolling to the basket there really frees things up for Tatum and Brown. So I really like him in that first unit. I think if they figure out how to play they're and they're smart and they look for him on rolls a little bit more, they're still not fully used to it. Those guys kind of just have blinders on when they have the ball. I think they can be the, as Brad likes to say, the best version of themselves there. Um, but, you know, I, I, again, uh, it meant to be, uh, you know, I, I think time will tell there. I want to let everybody else know we got a fairly full room here, not a lot of speaker requests. So we do want to hear from you guys. We have Sherrod Blakely trying to join, uh, but he's had some audio issues. Uh, and uh, we will have Jimmy Toscano, Bobby Manning and Josue Pavone coming over. Uh, Nick Gelso, CLNS Media founder, is here right now. Uh, Nick, any thoughts, <laughs> any thoughts from you? Yeah, I we're holding court before we got here. Yeah, I mean, I'm just pretty much most of the same. As I, if I, if I could see the Celtics, even if they're, you know, I hate all the three point attempts. I know you like them, but even if they're 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 launching them and they're not hitting, if they could still play defense and not hang their heads and play like they did today, uh, I think that the the team can be maybe part almost what we expected of them. And a lot of questions on Kemba. I know you're saying, John, bring them off the bench. What what is your rationale there? I, I tend to always miss it because I'm starting this show at the uh, time. My my rationale is Nick, you should be watching the entire post game show if you want to be fully informed. <laughs> I know what your rationale is. No, uh, so uh, Sherrod, are you there? Yep. Uh, oh, there we go. So we do have Sherrod. Um, so uh, hold on one second. Uh, uh, my rationale behind Kemba, and I've said it a few times, and again, I do want to urge people here in the chat uh, request to speak. When I do put you up there, I'm going to mute you, uh, but and then call your name. So I'm, I'm sorry, I need you to mute yourself. We don't have that option. I uh, just wait, and we will call on you, and we will get to you right now. Um, speaker requests are light, so by any means, anybody here wants to uh, ask a question to Sherrod Blakely or eventually Bobby Manning, Josue Pavone, Jimmy Toscano, please do so. Uh, also, make sure you follow all of us on uh, on this platform because uh, that will – and then turn on notifications when we do go live as we as we plan to after every single game this year and then more probably uh, several other times uh, uh, during the week and during the season as well. Right now we're just doing it after games, but we plan on opening up a little bit and inviting you guys to come chat with us during the day when there's breaking news, other things going on. Um, so make sure you give us all a follow here uh, on uh, on this platform. But Sherrod, the question here or from Nick was, uh, why do we uh, why do I like Kemba on the bench? I, I like it just because I think uh, you have three guys who will operate best with the ball in their hands in that first unit. And I just don't think they play terrifically off one another. I think Marcus is the playmaker of that group. I think you have. Um, uh, you, if you put Fournier in that starting lo- rotation, you can play more of that switchable style of defense that Brad likes to play with Marcus as your point guard um, and, uh, and, and Rob as your center. I think uh, this also allows Kemba to go to the second unit and shoot with impunity because ultimately um, you don't have to worry about sharing touches there. His role, you know, Nick, I'll appeal to your, uh, to your you know, boomer sensibilities, you know, the, Who's the ultimate off-the-bench guy when we talk about it in Celtics lore? It's Vinny Johnson. You know, you want a little microwave action. Microwave? Yeah. What about Kevin McHale, no? I'm just talking about the guard Uh, who comes off the bench and just jacks it. You remember that stuff. You remember that stuff a ton, more than Eddie. You know, like I'm talking about Vinny was big. And I think it's like, you know, you're looking for a Lou Williams. You know, like a guy, you know. Come on. 
Yeah. Yeah, bingo, right. So, and we, I have no problem with Kemba. And I think a lot of people are like, well, he makes a lot of money to be a bench guy. I don't view it that way. I think it's unlocking the best version of himself. Sherrod's a little dubious, so I'll give him a shot to talk about it because well, we're not – yeah. Yeah, my, my thing is, is this. I, I, I'm not for because I'm not confident that throwing Evan Fournier in there is going to have the kind of uh, first unit bonanza that I think that potentially it could have. And to me, that that's why if if I'm Brad Stevens, knowing that Kimba does not play in back to backs, knowing that I've got like three or four more back to backs between now and the playoffs, I'm going to throw Fournier in that first unit to see what that looks like. And if I like what I see, it gives me something to think about and possibly turn to in the playoffs. If I don't like what it, what I see and it sucks, I'm going to keep him coming off the bench, keep Kimba as a starter, and go on there. But they have an opportunity to have a trial run of what that would look like. And I'm curious if Brad is going to take advantage of that and give Fournier a chance to run with that first group to see what that looks like uh, with Kimba out of the mix and do so in a way that doesn't cause this major uproar. Because if if Kimba's not playing because it's a back-to-back situation, no one is going to question why is Kimba not playing. Why are you benching Kimba? He won't be benched. He's not playing. This is what they've already done all season long. And, and that way, you can find again. You get a, you get you get the sample plate before you got to buy the meal. You know, I, I Sherrod, I'm with you on that because you saw a demoralized lack of confidence, Kemba, when he came back and was struggling. Right. And I think now he's finally settling into the fact that he may not be cardiac yet. Maybe in the playoffs, we'll see it. Hopefully, but if you scramble that and put him on the uh, take him out of the starting lineup. When you don't have to, because he's not playing back-to-backs anyway, you risk that, that lack of confidence coming back and then the chemistry being effed up. And I couldn't agree more. That, that was my take, too. Sorry, John. That's, I, I, don't, I don't see that, that being an option. I mean, and then once the playoffs comes, there's no back-to-backs. Right. Yeah. I, it's not that. Like I said, I think it's, I think it's the best version of himself. Uh, you hate that I comment. Why it? do you keep using it I, now? Because it's funny. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I do want to let everybody know again, uh, room's really filling up now, which is great. Uh, we do have our post-game show just wrapped over on CLNS Media, and we will have the rest of the gang kind of trickling in here. Uh, uh, Pavone, yeah, I'm uh, going to say something, John, while you're just a network uh, cleanup here, what do we call it, housekeeping. One day, evening, night, I'm not sure. It all depends on cornbread, but we will do a, a fan Q&A with Max uh, one day this week. So, okay. And some of the hosts as well. So okay. mark the calendars. Follow For up. those people who don't know what Nick means when he says cornbread and Max, that's Cedric <laughs> Maxwell, 1981 Celtics, fi- you know, uh, finals, NBA Finals MVP, and uh, uh, obviously the Celtics analyst over at the 98.5 The Sports Hub and host of – Nick, is that you, buddy? Uh, n- no, no, sir. I'm not Jimmy. Feedback? Must be- Yep, it's you. Um, and host of the Cedric Maxwell podcast. So you uh, you absolutely want to join that. Nick and Nick and Max have uh, an awesome rapport. They're buddies uh, outside of CLNS, but they do a ton of stuff uh, as well there. So that'll be a ton of and fun. And don't forget Brockton, uh, as we said, Brockton uh, John. Don't forget Joe Sway. He is uh, the co-host. He'll be with us. Joe Sway there as well. Yeah. So, again, room is packed right now, guys, but I'm looking for speaker requests. So step up or step off. No, I'm just kidding. Um Nick, am I definitely the host? Because I'm not getting the You are right the now. host, have... John. I made you the host. I'll do it again. No, I can't. Can... Yeah, you're the host. Bob, 
Okay, Bobby and Jimmy, can you guys request to speak? I don't know if that function's just not working for me right now because I'm not getting them at all. Normally, I have about 15 people lined up. They just like us talking to them, you know. No, but I'm not getting them from anybody. I had about five in queue when I handed it over. Uh, Bobby and Jimmy, please request to speak. I just want to make sure that function is working on my chat right now because my, my room is empty and I find that hard to believe. Also, guys, everybody in the room, hit that little Twitter bird. Let's get this baby. It's not. It's packed. not. It's not working. So right now, Nick, um, I got to make you the host again. It is not okay. working for me, and that's why I can't see you. the speaker request. Um, how do I do this? Just tap me and say make host. All right, just tap give it in. back to me. Uh, Happy. Yeah. Okay. You hear that, Sharadi? Wants it right back. Got to be the boss. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't want to be the host. Shake my head, boomers. He goes. <laughs> Hang on now. Sharada Boomer? I don't know yeah. what a boomer is. A boomer in a my boomer is anybody like over fight boomers, in World boomers, War Boomer is anybody over 30, Nick. Um, can, let's Damn. bring in Jim. Yeah. That changed. Yeah, I just gave it back to you, John. Okay, let's try again. Bobby and Jimmy, please request to speak. And if not, I might have to give it back to Nick permanently, and nobody wants that, okay? No, that could be a disaster. <laughs> Damn, the room is filling up, fellas. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Nick, I can't. Um, I can't. All see right, it. give it to me, John. I'll take care of it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna leave and come back. So I will let Sherrod uh, and you guys. Sherrod, uh, just uh, do take your it thing, for a bit. Man. Yeah. So th- th- this whole Kimba talk, um, I, I, I just, I just don't see that working for this group. I mean, this look when you think about the last two or three weeks. And how these guys have kind of gotten a little bit uh, kind of sully, if you will, with talk about them, this, that, or the other. Just imagine how bent they would get if Kimba all of a sudden was told he's coming off the bench. Um, I I think it it has major chemistry issues that could come into play if they go that route, particularly if they go that route and they don't have a clear – plan going forward and and that clear plan going forward is to see what Evan Fournier looks like with that first group and that's why for me you cannot even have a conversation or even a contemplation about having Kimmel come off your bench until you get a look at at what Fournier looks like with that first group Uh, I agree you know I do Um, man was Sherrod John wasn't even close there's like 50 people waiting to talk you know i want to say something real quick john <laughs> no, said jimmy, something no. before he left no, that jimmy. was so off he said that boomers are anybody 30 thank you. years thank you, or older that is <laughs> that is that is so damn off i would no, say that's i what, would that, say it's 40 or over wait a minute I, I my grandfather was a boomer. i am not a boomer bro i am not a boomer I'm you're a boomer jimmy yeah I'm don't wait till rage that's right jimmy tell him crew Jimmy, well, John so badly wants company uh, in the bo- in the with, in the boomer yeah, uh, circle. Yeah. He ain't just, getting it from me. Don't just be looping a, like looping anyone over thirty. Yeah, just because, uh, yeah right. unbelievable. Just because Says the guys were 30, 31, and thirty two. Don't be damn right. Hey, hey, hey. 30, 30, <laughs> 30's the new twenty. Just because my picture is I from the it. 08 my championship favorite... run doesn't make. Like you're a boomer yeah. for sure. <laughs> All right, uh, Nick, can you try making me host again? I want to see if the queue works. And also, Nick, you're a boomer. Um, let's um, for sure. <laughs> Nick, yeah. Nick took that picture right after the Celtics won a championship. All right, I, the, the speaker guard. queue is working for me now. All right. Okay. Oh, good, great. All right. We're speaker all so queue thrilled. is working for me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tee up some people here. 
uh, yeah, as well. Got lots of I, room today. I apologize, Ronnie. You were in there earlier and you couldn't get a word in because there was technical issues. So, Ronnie, are you there? Can you uh, join us? Hey, what's up? What's going on, guys? I'm sorry about last time. I was no, 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 I was it's... watching them on. What's YouTube. up, Ronnie? Don't apologize. It's Nick Jels. Yep. Wow. I was I was gonna throw you under the bus, Jimmy, but no, I'm yeah. I'm straight. I'm good. <laughs> uh, Ronnie, what a Ronnie, fire away. Yeah, so what a crazy game. I I literally went to go make some food. I come back and we're like stomping on him. It was crazy. I thought we were gonna I thought we were gonna get blown out after we shot like what? Like one for seventeen the first half from three. It was crazy. And all year. We need threes to win. That's what the uh narrative has been. It's been crazy, uh seeing how we can win with not just a three ball. That's like refreshing to see. Also, um I think we got the Blazers, Lakers, Warriors next. I want to know what record you think we are can have. Like, um, we're I think we're two games over five hundred now. It's like we're gonna go right back to five hundred, right? Like that's how the season's been going. Um, but I want to see what you guys think. All right, thank you very much for uh, for hanging, and uh, thank you for joining us, guys. What do you think? I actually like, uh, you know, I like their chances here, especially with that LA game. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I, I get you're right. It's hard to count on anything with this team because they they just haven't they haven't proven it, right? Yeah, but I I think they're gonna at the end of those this, the next three games. I still think they're gonna be two, maybe even three games over five hundred. They'll they'll lose at least one, maybe two of those games, but they're not gonna get they're not gonna lose all three. I think Portland, you know, they they got the game of his eight of of his life from Ennis Cantor with twenty plus boards, thirty rebounds. He's not gonna be even remotely close to being that good. Uh, the Lakers, we know what the issues they've got with LeBron and, and AD, uh, so they're very vulnerable. And, and the Warriors, remember, the Warriors, they're, right now they're the 10th best team in, in the West. So it's not like you're – this is not Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant Warriors. They're, they're, again, they're a worthy opponent, but by no means are they world beaters. So, I mean, I think the, the Celtics, if they continue to play – not so much in terms of actual results and things like that, but with the kind of effort and focus and fight and fight and fight that we saw in the Denver game, they'll win at least two out of the next three games. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, again, the fight, the attitude, I mean, I talked about it on the show, like when you look at all that, and, and especially on the road, like everyone's got each other's back, and, and I think that goes a long way for this Celtics team. You know, with all the criticism that's been going on the last week or so, I mean, obviously they've clapped back in one way or another for players to to Brad Stevens in a sense, right? You know, and I think that's a great way to show leadership in a sense of like, hey, I'm with you guys, you know, and I think the teammates or the players rather have responded to that, and I think this was that example. You know, this was a big win against the Denver Nuggets. And it wasn't just a matter of, oh, yeah, you, you beat a great team like the Denver Nuggets in their house, you know, at, at 3 o'clock or whatever, you know, during, on a matinee. But it was the way they did it. They had to really keep fighting. They had to keep that mental toughness to, just to stay in it. And then, of course, they went for the they, they went for the attack. They smelled blood, you know. And, and that's sort of what this West Coast trip is going to be about in the grand scheme of things, you know. There's, there's going to be more times where they're going to be down, you know, or – there's going to be times where they're going to have to be mentally tough to to, to be able to to come out and, and and beat those teams, you know, night in and night out on the road, out west. Teams that are fighting for playoff positioning, teams that are fighting for a playoff spot in general, and a team like the Golden State Warriors, like yeah, you know, Sherrod, you talk about they're tenth, but they're only a game and a half back, you know, and, and, and right now 
Steph Steph's averaging what like thirty his last week. You know he took the he, he was like on one off one, and then he's been consistent for three straight games. He's been healthy, and of course that changes everything for that team. So yeah, I mean, Suns are going to have their hands full, but I really like their chances right now uh, going up against some of these teams. All right, cool. Let's well, let's bring in someone else. Is it Naheem? Yeah, Najim. What's up? What's Najim. Up? How are you, Najim? What up, Najim? Good. How are you guys doing, man? Good. Um, I just had a, a couple questions. Uh, I was uh, referring to what you guys were talking about with uh, putting Kemba to the bench. Um, I actually kind of like the idea. Uh, I was thinking about moving him and Marcus Smart to the bench. Have good him and uh, with along with uh, with Tristan Thompson on there. I think they'll be. And like you said, John, with him coming off the bench, he can go back to how he usually plays with uh, coming off screens and having most of the ball in his hand most of the time. And then moving Fournier, and um, I was thinking paying Pritchard to the starting lineup, and you have all shooters and playmakers on the court. What do you guys think? I'm giving my thoughts, Jimmy. I don't hate it. I mean, I – when you start to when you start talking about moving like multiple guys around now I'm wondering you know if you're trying to do too much at this stage in the season and our players now needing to learn yeah. you know all different you know sets and things like that hey the I two games over the- 500 why mess with the right <laughs> don't mess with, don't mess with mediocrity baby you don't you just you just want to keep coasting you right, know just, this but is, no this is as good well, as they've been in how long my god you know just don't run <laughs> hey, the boat. <laughs> They're on a three-game winning streak. Why are we trying to mess with this, man? No, but I, I understand. Where, I, listen, the reason why we're even bringing this up is because of how the season's gone. So um, I definitely see where you're coming from, Najim, and where John's been coming from, and just give it a shot. Like, you know what? If you're batting zero from the right side, maybe maybe bat from the left side. See, see what that feels like. So I, I understand where everyone's coming from there. I don't. I don't think that Kemba's at that stage in his career yet. I certainly think that that day will come where he'll move to sort of like a scoring, scoring guard off the bench. And that day of, is. Th- yeah. Right. Well, that's the thing. I don't think we're there yet. I mean, I think it's more. It's more of a. It's more of a fit thing and more of a you know other guys on the team. And listen, if if they said, oh, you know, Kemba's coming off the bench, I'm sure that they would word it a way where it wouldn't feel like the demotion that a lot of people would see it as and say, say it is. And Kemba probably is the type of a guy that would take it in stride. Um, so I'm not hundred percent opposed to it, but I do feel like Kemba is still one of your best players. And at the end of the day, I want, I want my best players out there, um, you know, starting the game, hopefully setting the tone early. And I want them out yeah. there more so than, you know, the other backup cards. So um, wouldn't that be crazy if that was the one thing that like made Kemba go friggin' ape and just, you know, yeah, Killed that nice guy persona. Right. He's, yeah. he's, he's now the, you've made he's me mad. The model citizen. Yeah, now, now I'm <laughs> yeah. mad and I, I'm going to take my brings out the yeah. dark side. He's like, I've, <laughs> right. in all my years, I've always been a star. Wait, wait a minute. Man. Hold on. Yeah, no, that's right. How dare you? <laughs> right. Maybe that's no, how, I mean, how you unlock me and Kemba. I mean, it's a conversation worth having, obviously. I mean, people feel there's a, there's a large group of people who I'm sure was who who think that that's that's the move 
But I, I think, again, this road trip is significant. And, of course, the next week and a half is very significant because there's no back-to-backs. I mean, there's no, oh, well, Kemba's not feeling it or Kemba's a little cold today because, you know, he had that break the other night. You know, there's, there's none of that. So there's, there's not that cop-out answer as to why he can't find his offense, you know, consistently. So, yeah, I mean, this is a test to, to at least gauge where he's at offensively. You know, obviously we've seen it. Uh, we haven't seen a whole consistent – Kemba, the 20-point Kemba that we saw last year. But hopefully this West Coast road trip, we can see something similar to what we saw tonight, uh, a little more uh, active, I would say, or at least a little more in the mix of things, whereas I, I just I don't like the Kemba that, that shoots uh, seven, three point, seven out of you know 13 of his shots are, are from behind the arc. I like the one that likes to attack more. Get in the mid range and and you know he's weaving through defenders and, and and bouncing it off the glass. I mean, getting to the rim like when he looks like he's not doing. When he looks when he looks uh what sort of look what's the word I'm looking for when he looks discouraged. You know, I think I think that's what worries me on the offensive end because even though yeah. the Celtics aren't a team that has to you know that needs coming to drop twenty every single night to win, you would like to have that luxury of having an option that he could go off in that second half in any given game, any given moment. I well, I guess, say, oh, go the, shot. Yeah, the, th- the thing about Kimba lately is that I, I think early on in his time in Boston and, and even uh, I think the early stages of this season, when he wasn't shooting the ball well or being efficient or being impactful in terms of giving you 20 points, things like that, he you got nothing from him. I mean, you, right. you got literally nothing. And now you're getting something even on those nights when he doesn't shoot the ball well the other night. He didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but he had, I think, like nine assists and like seven rebounds. Tonight he had six assists, five rebounds, and in about 30-some-odd minutes. And, no, are are those awesome, amazingly great numbers? Hell no. But for a guy that shot 40% from the field, was like six for 15, to still give you juice in other areas of the game, he has to be able to do that. But like I said before, I still think if you are serious about trying to figure out how to maximize your roster – I think if you're Brad Stevens, you take those games that Kimba is definitely going to not play because they're back-to-backs, and you slip Fournier in there, and then you see what happens. And, and frankly, even when the games where he does play, you know, you could you could use the guise of, we want to make sure that we keep Kimba's minutes in check. And fresh. Injury-free and fresh for the playoffs. So we're going to have him come off the bench because it's easier to keep his minutes in check when he's coming off the bench right. versus being a starter. Yeah, uh, there I, are so many ways that they can cushion this thing right, to make right, it right. so that it doesn't feel or smell or, or reek of 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 a um, yeah of a demotion, and, and, and it right. actually it becomes more of an amplif- amplification mechanism yeah. for Kimba to get going and for the team to be better. But here's that's the question: my, That's here's, my here's vibe. And again, he could he could do this and play thirty, but yeah, he could still. He could still impact. He could still play thirty minutes. He could still close. But it's really those that first that that first and second turn through what it does for your second unit, what it does for him. But go ahead, Jimmy. And uh, and I do. I I want to get to another uh, another caller too. So uh, go ahead. Sure. This is going to be real quick. I just the, my only I guess concern. It's not a concern. My only question, and maybe what somebody like Danny Ainge should be thinking is, well, if if we make Kemba come off the bench, is he now considered a bench player? And if how does that affect their ability? to possibly maybe trade him in the offseason. But enough about me. Uh, I'm looking at Dudley. Yeah, so, I just want to say yeah. Sunday night, Dudley, uh, I'm, re- I'm ready to just listen. I'm just going to be, <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna be I, well, real cool, calm, and, and relaxed here. 
Well, I can't. Was it was it Sunday that Dudley joined us? I I feel like Dudley, you yeah. can you can open up. Where, did you miss the last game? Yeah, I definitely yeah. missed the last game. You hey, missed guys, the last guys, one. Yeah, yeah, he was on when out the last time yeah, I was. Yeah, so up. like I I gotta say I don't want to live in a world in which you're not part of our post game uh, locker room chat. So don't <laughs> yeah, you gotta just you, you don't do that to us, okay? You gotta it sounds like uh, a song. Yeah, so we, we're, <laughs> we're, I was worried. I, just, I, was, I, was, I was legitimately worried. Yeah. Where's Dudley? Just excited for, for whatever whatever time we can get with Dudley. I can just yeah. I can just feel relaxed right. in that moment. So here we go. I appreciate y'all. So 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 okay. So <laughs> this is this is this is the this is the thing about the Boston Celtics. So for for me for all the the players that are really upset about what the media and what the quote-unquote outside noise giving them, they, they, they have to also love us too. Because for everything bad that they do, you know, it's, it's hard for us to give them the hate. But eventually we'll give it to them. But the second they give us a, some sense of a turnaround, we're really to love them and, and, and put them back on the pedestal um, that, that we created for them. And, and all we need is a sign. All we need is a little bit of proof and evidence that you're capable of doing something great, and then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll push you forward. Um, and, 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 and that's where I feel like is with us right now. Like right now, it's like today was exciting. Today was a, a, a great um, a, a sense of recognition of what our team is, what it can be, what it'll continue to be. So, so, so me now, being the fact that the Celtics have taken years off my life, ever since the bubble, like literally I have a wall that I'm plastering at my home off of a, a, a wall that I punched from the summer with, with let's say I, I'm always a macro approach kind of a guy looking at this situation from a macro approach. It, if, if, if the Celtics are what we saw them to be in the second half of this game, what's the team in the Eastern conference that you would want to play, um, um, you would look forward to playing the most in the first round out of the, the, the top three, out of your Philly, your Brooklyn, your, your Milwaukee. Which one of those three do you feel like the Celtics, if they play well with Fournier coming back, what's the, what's the team we feel where you can take down the best, that you're most confident that you can take down the best? Thanks, guys. Thank you, Dozzy. Sure, you want to start or you want me to go? Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Uh, it's kind I'll, of a two-parter. Before we get into the matchup, I am curious your thoughts, again, about the whole kind of media motivation thing, uh, because it is interesting, uh, you know, in no small part, some of the criticism, you know, definitely came from from our show, uh, but it's not out of malice and it's not out of hate. A lot of it is out of passion. A lot of it's out of expectation, but we say this all the time, you know, a lot of us, we do this because we've... You, we've grown up with it. You know, we, we, we follow it. You know, we were fans before we got into the business. And, you know, there's obviously like a rooting interest in the Celtics doing well. So nobody wants to see them do poorly. But, you know, you're, when you when you see them flounder the way they have, you're going to be critical. And it is interesting how it fired them up, Sherrod. Well, the thing that, that I find I always find interesting is that whenever your team is struggling and you're trying to figure out how can we get on stride, how can we start winning games, there's this almost default mechanism where you want to blame somebody for it other than just simply the facts of the matter, which always come down to, to one thing. You're not playing great. 
you need to play better. That's really what what this is all about. I mean, you don't. You, you, it's funny when Golden State was was winning, you know, seventy three games, and and Michael Jordan Bulls were winning all those games. They didn't complain about the media. They didn't complain about being criticized. And you know why? Because they were winning. That's what this always comes back to. So I personally don't ever get bent out of shape or bothered by that because I know that it's coming from a place where they're simply they're doing a lot of what we're doing, and that's trying to figure out why this team isn't more successful. And part of, I think, their coping mechanism is to blame the media for this, that, and the other. And, you know, they, they again, it always comes back to winning games. It always comes down to that. Uh, when you do that, it's funny how every, the criticism, while it still may be there, you don't pay as much attention to it because it because ultimately you're doing what your goal is, which is to win games. So um, I've to me it all it's it's kind of cool that you know you, you realize that they're clearly paying attention to you. But I, I go back to something that Danny Ainge said a few days ago, and I, he's I think he's spot on, and that is. I hope his guys aren't paying attention to a people whose job is to be critical. And, and here's the thing. Criticism is one of those words that has a negative connotation when it's not really a negative thing. Uh, simply giving a perspective on something, analyzing a situation, analyzing a team that could be good, that could be bad. When you're critical of the Celtics for doing a great job of moving the ball, you don't really hear much about that. But when you're critical of them not closing out four quarters well or not utilizing their bench well or not playing with great effort or great leadership and things like that, they, that's the criticism that I think players tend to gravitate towards and not the criticism that comes when they're doing well, which if we're being honest and, and fully transparent, we talk more about what they do well than we do anything else. Um, so anyway, that, that's that's my, my, my take on the whole media. Yeah. You're, you guys are being mean to us stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think when, 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 you know, the quote unquote media do their thing and they, you know, they do what they're supposed to do, analyze the game, talk about what their, what their thoughts are, what they see out there. I think it's a little different when now players hear former players getting in on it. Like, I really think that, that what, you know, Dwayne Wade or what Shaq or what Kendra Perkins started saying about them. I think that really affected them a little bit where they're like, okay, well, you know, maybe they, maybe they do respect their opinion a little bit more than, well, you know, it's not a hot take to say they would respect their opinion more than ours. More than mine. Yeah. More than mine. I honestly don't think they give a shit about what I say. say, And and I'm completely fine with that. I, I don't, I'm not looking for them to, I think when you get to the national media and you know, the guys on TNT and now all of a sudden they feel like they're, you know, being attacked a little bit well if that's what it takes to sort of rally them together and and you know is that if that's what what's going to motivate them then okay i mean for me i i would think that they would you know just winning games and wanting to play together would would be all the motivation that that you would need but if they're looking to now prove people wrong and prove the media wrong great you know by all means go for it but i mean i i don't know if that's really the the way that i would expect a, a winning team to to go about it that's the thing, though. By any means necessary, it doesn't matter. And Bobby mentioned it, and he just joined in. I'll let him kind of weigh in in a second. Uh, whether it's the refs, whether it's, uh, the, you know, the media, whatever it is, if you can use that, all the better. You know, whatever you need sure. to, to, to rally. But what bugs me, what's always bugged me, and again, just to give some of our listeners some perspective, uh, uh, Sherrod, Jimmy, and I all worked for the Celtics uh, flagship station, you know, uh, NBC Sports Boston for years, okay? Okay. Uh, 
you know, Sherrod and I were on 10 years, Jimmy, for what is it, five or six? Yep. Yeah. So look, so what we, every single day in editorial discussions, we would give what we thought would be an honest, critical opinion or take of the team. And we would be bombarded by a whole bunch of rah-rah stuff because, again, it's, <laughs> you know, it's the network. And are you kidding? They're great. And you couldn't trade – I would never trade Tatum for LeBron I mean, or, or, you know, uh, Jalen for LeBron. It was just nonsense stuff. You know, it's right. just like, are you guys serious? So, you know, we had to listen to a lot of that. And you do have a lot – I mean, it is an exceedingly homery sort of town. The idea to me that bugs me, the only idea that bugs me about criticism involving the team is – uh, as Sherrod said, one, the negative connotation behind being critical, which is our job, is to be critical and to look at things and, 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 and offer our opinion and put things into proper context. But this notion that if you're a part of the Boston media, that you are supposed to be on their team, so to speak. I think that's crazy. People get like annoyed sometimes where it's like, you know, yeah. hey, you're here. Every, you're here every day. How can you ask me a question like that? It's like, wait a second. We're not your PR arm, you know. Um, and I, I know there are partnerships and different things that kind of change things and make it a little different in, in that regard. But I mean, the idea that beat writers or analysts or people who, you know, cover the network or ex players, like, how are you going to do me like that? And when players get sensitive to that as if they're owed the benefit of the doubt from these people, that's always bugged me a tad, which is like, no, sure. That, yeah. And, and you do get that a little bit. It's like, oh, God, we've got our hometown media dog in us, too. They don't even have our backs. They're not supposed to get your back, you know. And I, I think that gets lost and very much so because I wouldn't say they had a free ride, but it felt like everything was gravy for the first few years with Jalen and Jason because it was just, God, they're so awesome. And how much better are they going to get? And J mm -hmm. Tatum's only 19 and, you know, fawning over these guys. And you're right. You hit that first rough patch this year when it's all you guys. And it did kind of hit them a little funny. I think they'll do better at dealing with it as they get older. I think this just this was their first taste of it, uh, and they didn't quite know how to handle it, and it might it might have affected them because they, sure. they they really didn't get much of it um, up until then. Um, Bobby Manning's here in the chat. I want to quickly uh, get one more uh, get another person who's been waiting patiently here. Uh, Brady Ganyank, which is definitely a burner name, right? No, that's my real name, actually. Really? That's an awesome <laughs> name. Yeah, it's great name. Anytime someone puts like, anytime it's like two athlete names together, I always assume it's a burner. No, it's French Canadian. Yeah, I love it. I know we had Eric. E. We had we had Eric Gagne. I wish I was related to him. It would be cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> Brady, fire. Yeah, no. I just want to make a point, um, or a quick couple points that I think we're going to benefit with the schedule coming up for the other teams that are ahead of us. Like we got, I think Miami schedule gets tough over the next week or so, and I think. Uh, Atlanta's schedule gets tougher too, and Charlotte's kind of going to drop off, I think, a little bit because of the injuries. But, and I also wanted to add it, I think we benefit a lot when Tatum is driving to the cup. And I know we've mentioned that a lot, but we're just so good when Tatum gets to the cup. I think we're just a much better team all around. Like our defensive intensity gets up a little bit too. And I just think there's an aggressive mindset. Like the rest of the team, like they see Tatum going at it. They're like, all right, well, let's let's step up everywhere else around. Uh, that's just what I wanted to add. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of, of Tatum being aggressive. I, you know, he, when when people look at the pictures of Tatum from when it's like first couple of years in the league, and you see him now, there's no question from a physical standpoint, there's been a significant maturation of his body. 
And I like when he uses that maturation to his advantage. And the best way that he does it, I think, is, is attacking the rim, being able to absorb the contact, and finish through that contact. I don't think Tatum does enough of that, uh, which is, you know, again, I, I think part of it is the fact that he's such a good shooter. Uh, whether it's shooting threes, mid-ranges, pull-ups, step-backs, he's got pretty much anything and everything in his bag. But I, I thought when, you know, this game in particular – I thought once he made, I think, what looked like a consorted effort to get to the rim and attack them, uh, that opened things up for his perimeter shooting and it ultimately wound up with him having another really good game. Uh, I like aggressive Tatum. I, I think that he that when he's doing that, he's just the one of the best players in the year. That's when Tatum looks like a top 10 player. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, right? It's so obvious, like aggressive Tatum, who 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 you know who, who doesn't just dribble 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 and 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 try to step back um is so much better aggressive decisive Tatum is so much better it's strange when he falls into the bad habits um I, I'm almost shocked I'm like don't you remember the thing that was working like five minutes ago you know it, it's bizarre but I don't know it's it's a part of his game where it just it feels like I don't know if it's like a, you know, a cool guy NBA thing, like, oh, I'm going to put this one right in somebody's eye, you know, and like, you know, that's the money shot and you want to be Lillard and you want to be Kobe and you want to do all that stuff. But it, you're right. It's so much better when it's just kind of, you know, takes more of a ham and egg he, approach. He, he's, in a, he's in an interesting position now this year, especially because he's got to be the one to keep defenses off balance. Uh, show them a bunch of different looks, be the passer. I think he's gotten a lot of flack for his role in the offense's up and down spurts this year. Uh, that's been a little bit unfair because he still is so early into being like the lead ball handler on this team. And you do hold him to a high standard because we talk about him being better than Paul Pierce and possibly being one of the best players in the league one day. So the standard is fair. Not, not only that, but the fact that his turnovers killed him in the postseason last year. But uh, you keep throwing this thing at him, John, that he gets too ball dominant and he tries all this crazy stuff. Again, a lot of that stuff is a better option than some of the other shooters on this team, some of the other options that he yeah, can refer to. Like he's, him, he's pretty good at this, that stuff. I, look, he's not, though. That's the thing. I mean, the numbers Compare, are pretty, I mean, who's terrible. better at it in the there, league not, than him? Probably there, just one There's not. He's actually – no, he's actually one of the worst. Uh, from an efficiency standpoint, he's one of the worst isolation players in ter- for the amount of touches that he gets in basketball. He's very – he's really not. And that's what's strange and frustrating is he'll make some shots where you're like, holy wow. But he's actually not. He's, I mean, his numbers again, Bobby, in isolation and when he dribbles more than three times are near the bottom of the league. It is, it is so obvious that he's better when he doesn't do that, but he slips into it. I don't know why. I think he wants that to – I think part of him wanted that to be his game. And again, this is, goes back to that. He's Kobe. also working on it. He's trying to improve uh, but it. But you shouldn't be working up. on that. You shouldn't be working on the thing that is bad for – this isn't just a Tatum thing. Everybody is worse when they dribble more than three times. Everybody's numbers go down in isolation. You're right. At the end of the game in certain situations, you need guys like Tatum to go iso and just to score because you can't run your offense. Defenses tighten up. So, yes, it is a, it is a skill at times. But to resort to it early in games and just to make that your thing, it doesn't make sense to me. And I don't know why he—I don't know why he does it, Sherrod. I don't know if you have any thoughts, but he's not—he's not particularly good at it. He really isn't.
Hello? Hey, I just lost Sherrod. Jimmy, you go ahead. I don't even know what... I'm, I'm here. Yeah, Nick, we, we and know. And you know what? He's not no, particularly Nick. good at it. <laughs> All right, go Don. on. Jimmy, go <laughs> ahead, buddy. Well, what was the question now? Because I'm kind of lost. Nothing. I was saying... Uh, remember. We were, but, but, Bobby was saying that he's good in the isolation. I don't think he is. I think I think as the uh, as the person. No, I'm saying he needs to work on that. He's testing stuff out. He's trying to keep the defense off balance. He can't just attack the rim every single time. He can't do the same things over and Not, over again. But he, That's part of being the lead ball handler on the team. No, 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 Bobby. All I'm saying is, um, instead of doing that, he should move the ball. That it's again. We've talked exactly. about this a lot. Of, we've talked about this a lot on the show. Don't go into that isolation. That's a recipe for 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 you know uh, for for Paul inefficiency. Yeah. If you don't have it, if if you don't have it within a dribble or two, you don't have a, the ability to take to the basket, or you can't catch and shoot or get a quick shot off. Move the friggin' ball. That's well, that, the yeah, but, that's but, true. But it's gotta be a ball problem, mover at here's times. Here's the problem, but, though. One of the, the issues that I think Tatum runs into, and and again, I, I this isn't on him, and and you'll understand why I say it's not on him is if you're going to move the ball, you want to move the ball to someone who can actually do That's that. Um, and, but, and but you'll other get than Jalen Brown, but see, that, that's, that's the thing. Again, you have players who either can't score the ball well yeah. enough where you're confident to get him, or they can't move the ball back to you. Like Tristan Thompson, bless his heart, uh, plays hard, <laughs> gives you pretty good defense. No, don't pass to Tristan. Don't, don't pass to Tristan. Over. Yeah. Right, and, and so and then you you want essentially playing four and five, so you've got one less option. And, and the way teams are now defensively, they can take away some of your obvious passing lanes but, and just force you to just swing the ball but, on the perimeter. And that's not how you. John, want to if I can ball. jump in here, one but this goes back to that. This goes back to that Goodman comment, Sherrod, um, that he made earlier in the year, where he got a you know a player told them. They're easy to defend because when Tatum and Brown have the ball in their hands, you know what they're going to do. At the very least, just keeping people honest a little bit. You know, even I, I just think you're right. We, we, we've we, we've killed them all year with the, um, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you pass it to somebody and Grant shoots, then we freaking, oh, why is Grant shooting, you know? Um, so you're right. But I, I, the idea is create movement, keep the defense off balance, you know. Well, those guys got to move. Uh, yeah, too many of those than, guys are stationary players. Right. But you, you make it so easy on the defense when you don't because they just don't have to worry about anything, you know? It's so easy when you know, well, he's going to shoot. Um, and th- I, I just think they're, making, they're playing into the other team's hands when he falls into those patterns. Yeah. But to but, some Bobby, degree... What is, their, what is we, their record in assists league-wide? Oh, they right? Where do they stand? They're yeah, probably they're, 23rd. They, right. Okay, so that says it all, man. They don't move yeah. the ball. They don't, they don't move... At all. They stand around the three-point line. And Jalen and Jason have not played any kind of – shown any chemistry whatsoever in the last three months. Remember the posters of them jumping up and chest bump? Where is that? So, I don't know. I I, I tend to think that Jason can definitely draw a crowd. He should be dishing out eight, seven, eight, nine assists a game if he's going to be the ball handler you're saying. Yeah, let's, Wait, let's, you, uh, you, didn't, you didn't see that pass that that Jalen made to Tatum the other Jaylen night. Jalen has gotten, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I t- Jay, that is true, and Jalen's gotten much better at passing. But this year, in the bubble, he was great at passing. This year, he's had donuts on for assists on on. Tonight and, and wasn't great, but he did have he, what, he had the steal and the pass to Rob, 
which was a nice play, but for the most part, he had one assist deep into the fourth quarter. This was a this was a bad this was this was a Tatum blinders game for a while. Uh, but like I said, the saving grace was that he was taken into the hole. Uh, but he was jacking too many shots and dri- there'd be a couple possessions where it was pass, 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 pass. Tatum gets it. Everything stops. Some of that's their role on this team, though, and that's what Sharon is going to say. I know, know, but you accomplished nothing. You might as well have started the shot clock with him there. You didn't give him the ball in a position to score. It just rotated to him at a certain point in the possession, and he's like, okay, now I'm going to take it the rest of the way. If that's the case, just dribble the ball down the court and friggin' shoot it. You know, like, what was the point of, you know, wasting 10 seconds on the clock just to have everybody else play catch for a little bit if all you're going to do is ISO as soon as it gets in your hands? It's... It's choosing not to involve anybody. He'd made the decision. Now that I have the ball, everyone else can just take the rest of the possession off. He does that too much. He does that too often. Uh, let's welcome in Mateo real quick. He's been hanging out. Yeah. So I guess my thing is maybe a little bit more long term, long, uh, bigger scope. I was gonna bring up like Kemba, and I'm just concerned that I know we have to to deal with what he can provide right now. But long-term, I just feel like that takes away two years of, of Tatum and Brown's production and some, some of their fun uh, best years. I know that they're only going to get better, but I'm just concerned with what these next two years with Kemba are. I know he, he could turn it on and we can do okay in the playoffs, but it just seems like all these conversations we're having about being shorthanded is kind of due to the fact that we're stuck with him and do the Celtics at any point, maybe next year consider trying to somehow get out of a contract, even if that's losing a trade or something. We're glad you brought it up. We did tease that we were going to talk about this on the post game show. And there's some people in the chat that did have some trade proposals, but we've talked about this. Yeah. I I was going to say that to me, to me, that only becomes something that I, I would give serious thought. If there is a player or players that you can add that maybe don't necessarily give you the same production, but they give you a, a greater impact. And, and that's, to me, that's on Danny Ainge. I mean, the comments I made earlier about, you know, Tatum, uh, you know, not passing it as, as, as much. Uh, I can't blame him for not passing it much because the guys around him aren't as good as the guys that Rajon Rondo was passing to, the guys that Ray Allen was passing to, the guys that Paul Pierce was passing to, the guys that when you look out – and you look at teams like the Clippers, you look at teams like Milwaukee, you look at teams like the Sixers. Those teams have more offensive weapons that their offense can flow through because they got better scores. And no disrespect to anyone other than, you know, outside of Tatum and Brown, but they just don't have that luxury. Uh, and so does that mean that you can't be a good team? You can't be successful? No, you have to figure yeah. out what can you do to win and impact games, and it has to come on a defensive end for this team. Uh, but I, I don't have a problem with Tatum playing uh, a lot of iso ball because I don't think he has a choice Yeah, when it no, comes to being effective and impactful. And he can be a lethal iso guy. The tricky thing is he's going to get blitzed, he's going to get run off the ball, and he's going to find out in those circumstances, how can I get it out, as John said, and then get it back in a better spot. Well, you we know, saw that a, in the playoffs last year. Um, yeah, and that was going to be my next point. He had almost five assists a game in last postseason against teams like Toronto, Miami. You know, no easy pass for this team. And he looked dynamic at times as a passer. Yeah, And who was around him? Smart, Brown, Tice, those kind of guys. Kemba playing well for certain stretches. The Philly series especially. Uh, this, this is all going to tighten up. 
those semis and grants and those kind of guys are going to fall out of the rotation in the playoffs more so. And it'll be Brown, Kemba, those kind of guys playing together more in the playoffs. And I think that's going to bring out the best in Tatum as a passer. Uh, I'm going to toe the line here because I think John has a point. He needs to become elite in that role for this team to get where they need to go one day. Uh, So he can't fall back on bad habits and turnovers and stuff like that. But at the same time, we're so early in his process of development. I I know he's a couple years into his career, but he's really only one year into his career as a lead ball handler for this. Um, Let's let's welcome in Franklin. Um, Franklin, I know, was uh, kicking it around with Jimmy in the um, in the chat uh, about potential Kemba trades, and this is something Bobby um, brought up to us earlier today. We've been talking about this a ton. I do think they absolutely, if they can, need to find a way out of this contract and need to find a way to bring in different types of players in here. If they can, the the fear here is, are you giving Kemba away just to get rid of him? And will it make you worse? Because uh, you just really don't have anyone else to step up and do any, you know, do what he does right now. His value over replacement on the team is so high. So even though they're not super efficient when he's on the court, when he's not there, they suffer. So, you might be better off with him. Uh, so it has to be the right deal. But I do think if there was one, they should look at it. Franklin has some ideas. Franklin, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, basically, like, Toronto and, like, um, Celtic, they can make a trade for um, Siakam. Before you judge it, just listen, hear me out. Okay, Toronto obviously going to need a point guard, right, next year. And I don't know. Kyle Lowry basically thought he was going to leave this um trade deadline, but he didn't. And they actually made room to trade him. So I don't know why they didn't trade him. So you gonna trade Kimba to the Raptors. You give Thompson, he goes to his home state, Toronto. You give three first. You give Grant Oy and let Toronto choose between Romeo or Neesmith and you get like you take Aaron Beans back too. Because I doubt they want Beans. Wait, did well, you first say three all... picks? Yeah, for Siakam. We're talking about G League Siakam. Wow. Siakam is still. He ha- the it's same, like, the same even Siakam that first of all, Brown first, put in a first, blender last year? First yeah, but... of all, Bra- Brad loves Siakam. Second of all, Franklin, I don't know if that deal on its own works out. I love buying low. So that absolutely, if 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 hey, I would, as... I love the idea of buying low on someone and Siakam. I think would be awesome here. I don't think Kemba gets it, but I like I, I like I like yeah, the as, as the residential Raptors fan here, we're gonna have to say <laughs> no way to that one. Bobby you would give three picks. He would. Bobby, we only deal in sevens. Isn't Siakam a guy worth quite a few first? Though I just think Toronto says no. I think Toronto says I, no. I would do that absolutely. I know I why people couple, are saying couple that first because Kemba. Him and Nurse yeah. had a few blow-ups this year, and he struggled here and there back to last postseason. Let's not forget, Toronto's been battered by this COVID year more than anyone. I mean, they couldn't play in Toronto last off season, uh, last uh, postseason. Now they've had to spend an entire year in Florida away from their facilities and all that. I mean, that's a real deal excuse. I talk about some of those Celtics excuses. Nobody has excuses like the Raptors for the kind of year they've had, and they're still – in a comeback, I said the Celtics are fifth in uh, net rating over the last month, or fourth, rather. I think Toronto's fifth or sixth, so they're going to be right in that playing Tor- race. Toronto's, they like their form. Toronto's got a got a plus point differential in their sub-500. They they've got a weird season. 
um, yeah. this year. I don't know. Sherrod, Jimmy, any thoughts? I don't think that you could get Toronto to the table to do that deal. I don't um, think so. <laughs> I don't. And you know what? I'll, I'll go the other way. I don't want Siakam for three first. And, oh, and, come on. I'm not you a huge back on guy. that bad postseason round. I'm not a huge Siakam guy. I'm that, not a huge uh, that, guy. That's a slam dunk deal, in my opinion. If you could give a couple first. He did not first... win them a championship. Kawhi yes, he did. He Kawhi was phenomenal as a second option. I mean, come on. What are we talking? I hate when that Toronto championship gets diminished for Golden What's State. What's the full trade? I that. mean, I was listening, but it was three well, first. Well, he was saying Kemba, three first, three first and Kemba and were the Brand meat. Or something? Were the meat of it, yeah. Three first and Kemba really. and Tristan and Baines. And, uh, it, it was a poo-poo platter, but I sure. – look, the, the, the meat of it was what's it? Uh, yeah, Kemba, well, here, here, what, what's in it for? I mean, I, what's in it for Toronto? Unless they want a bunch of, I guess the picks would be. I mean, I don't know how Kemba really helps them at this stage. Reloading with first helped him. Yeah, yeah, you you reload but, but, with you first, know, mid to late first. You know, I guess I don't I, know. I'm not a huge not. Siakam guy, but but at the same time, I'd give up. I don't know who's picks for Siakam. Oh, they're available better. Yeah, Brad can. If Brad likes him, then it, it's certainly it's certainly. Uh, an option, but but this I is can't. like Who this is like John's card? this is like John's OG thing from earlier in the year. Why why is Toronto trading one of those guys? They wouldn't. They no wouldn't. Sense. They wouldn't. I, I loved. I I mean, I would have absolutely gone in for that. But I mean, they wouldn't. Why would they? It doesn't make sense. Plus it doesn't a, benefit a, divi- them. a team yeah. in their division, like competing no. for the playoffs with them in the same conference. Toronto's no. in it to win it. I think they're going to keep Lowry. I, I think I. That Gary Trent trade was phenomenal. I mean, talk about a guy who's been underrated in this league, and he dropped 44 last night, I believe. Uh, So they won that trade, I think. And uh, they're going to reload and try to run it back next year, and I I think they'll be a very good team. Yeah, let's uh, let's welcome in uh, John here waiting in the waiting room. We're going to do one or two more more people here, and we're going to wrap it up. John, what's up? Hey, so – I'm kind of on board with you, John, where I think Kemba should come off the bench. Here's my thing. I see him as a very similar player to Lou Williams, where he's a spark plug. He's not that efficient with score, and he also isn't the greatest passer or defender. But, I mean, you guys have said this. It's not like they're going to put him with all bench unit players, but I see him as a more, I guess, effective player kind of getting rotated with them where you can put like Mark Smart, Fournier, Brown and Tatum and Rob out there in the starting unit and you'll have a better defensive, I guess, lineup. So I kind of wanted to see everybody else's, I guess, reasoning for keeping Kemba on the starting unit instead of putting him on the bench. Okay, guys, we've talked about this some, but uh, John, thank you so much for, for joining us. But, you know, you're quick, in, quickly your reasoning again, guys, on this. Yeah, well, my my thing is this: you have a potential alternative that you can go to if you, if you do that, and I think you need to explore that before you do it. And there are easy, simple, pain-free ways to do that. Kim is going to miss games uh, because of back-to-back situations. You slip Fournier into that starting unit. You see what that starting unit looks like with a different player running the ship or in that position that would normally be occupied by Kimba. If you like what you see. Keep, stick with it. If you don't like what you see, then you change. It's not like this would be unprecedented for Brad Stevens because remember, when Isaiah Thomas got into the starting lineup, he got into the lineup because Marcus Smart got hurt. Once Marcus Smart came back to the lineup, 
he stayed in that starting lineup ahead of Marcus Smart because the team was playing better, things were working, and Brad made that tough decision. Similar situation. If you get Fournier out there and he's playing well, I do think Brad would stick with it. But it would be really smart and, 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 and logical to throw him out there now knowing that there are going to be games where you can do that and it not be this big brouhaha where you're answering a lot of questions, not only among folks in the media, but also your, your players wondering, what are you doing to our guy Kimba? So I just think if, if you're going to look seriously about having him come off the bench, do a trial run with, with Fournier now when you can. You know, you yeah. know, if they uh, ever move Kemba to the bench, John would be starting the segment. What's this mean about Kemba? <laughs> Does this mean he's going down the tube? Again, I, I uh, look. Uh, it's Bobby. At some point, at some point, you're going to look back on this year and a half and be like, "Wow, John was right about a shit ton of things." Okay, um, it may I think happen, you were, may yeah, not. but not this one. <laughs> it, it may the happen. The Kemba one is the one happen. you've really crashed and burned about. We can pull up tapes of you saying, "I'm just waiting for that uh, announcement that he's going to be taking a break. He just physically can't keep up with I, it." Uh, I think you thought it was going to be a worse season than it was, too. I, I did, but I also think it's been a pretty blah season. But that being said, um, I still think, apart from that, I think he is he's he's moving. I think he's going to be like everyone's like. You know, Sherrod's point is he's not there yet. I think he might be. Um, I just think it's early on the clock, not early in actually the type of player that he is. It looks early because you're year two into a four-year deal where when you signed it, you might, you might have thought, well, by year four, he might be more of a role player. I think we, I think we got there earlier. That's all. Uh, Julian, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, great show so far. Thanks, buddy. I just want – What's up? I just want to say two quick things. Uh, first, I, uh, I read a stat on Twitter that I think John would be a big fan of, that since Romeo's been back, the Celtics are 4-1. and one. I think there's a magic fix that Bobby Obviously. said that Rob Williams Obviously. was not. <laughs> the, the real one saw that coming. And then uh, the one question I had is, what were you guys – because I think at the end of the day, like, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And I think if you run back Kemba with – you know, this group, it's, you're, you're not really going anywhere. So I think the, the, the quick fix would be Bradley Beal. So I was just wondering, what would you guys give up for him? Also knowing that, you know, John, you always talk about the goal is to get Tatum to sign that second contract. I don't think there's a better way to do it than to get his best friend, you know, yeah. on his team long term. I mean, I think the conversation starts and ends with Jalen Brown, and then everyone can debate whether or not. Yeah, I mean it's it is Jalen Brown mostly. I mean Rob Rob's playing his way into into some level of of asset, but he he's not good enough to be the centerpiece of a Bradley Beal trade. Really, you only have Jalen Brown, you know, to offer. So it's a lot, and there's a ton of people out there, rightfully so, that would be hesitant to make that trade for all the you know, all, for all the reasons we know. You know, his age, his ability to play, you know, both ends of the court, his versatility, um, his improvement over the last year. All you know, his leadership abilities on and off the court. But what's all what's he reasons. won though? What's that? Would you trade him, Jimmy? Oh, never mind. I thought you said never mind. I thought you were talking about Beal. Would I would I make that trade? I, it's hard. I would I would strongly consider it. No, but it's really nothing against Jalen Brown. It's more because Bradley Beal is such an elite scorer, uh, an NBA player, and it would be pretty thrilling to see what he can do with with Tatum now. That being said, I'm not looking to trade Jalen Brown, and I'm and I'm 
and I would have some reservations to do it because I do think Jalen Brown, you know, ha, you know, he's an all-star this year. And I, I think that he's, I think that he's playing already above what a lot of people thought that his ceiling was. So it is difficult to just say straight up, I would do that trade, but it's a testament to Jalen Brown because Bradley Beal is one of the you know best players in the NBA, one of the best scorers in the NBA. And that's the type of player that would, it would take to even, have Danny Ainge considered trading a guy like Brown or Tatum? Um, now, if if, I, if if the rest of the season flops and it's pretty apparent that Brown and, and Brown and um, Tatum can't play, just can't exist together, then there starts to be you know you start to hear that chatter more, and maybe you start to consider it more. Uh, but yeah. it's definitely a difficult decision to make. I, I'm beyond it being difficult, and we kicked around Towns, we kicked around Beal last week. I, I'm just not trading Brown at the like. I just think he's too good, too young too much upside he's gotten better every single year and those other guys just aren't great options to swap in and do as john says a lateral move uh, you want to find another way to do it and i keep saying this did the nets trade Kyrie for did the nets trade Kyrie for harden did the celtics trade allen for garnett like you just don't do that why would you why would you trade one of your core pieces to add another core piece it, it is odd you really it's again it, it's just it doesn't Agreed. fit anymore you you trade guys when they're on their way up, not when they've arrived. You know, like Jalen, you know, like it's you trade Jalen not knowing whether he's going to be a superstar. You trade him two years ago. We you know he's a superstar. Now. He's born on all that's, NBA that's, this year. That's, well, that's why Bobby, that's, that's, Bobby, that's, that's, Bobby, that's, that's what I'm saying. You don't trade him now. You trade him two years ago when, 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 oh, yes. Right. Now at this point he's arrived. So like you're not trading a superstar for you you don't trade all-star for all-star. You trade up and Especially comers. for guys that are frankly probably worse than him. I mean, like Beal's a great scoring champ, but he gets all the shots on an awful team. Um I know he's friends with Tatum, but I think we're overstating the Tatum play. I think you are a little I think Beal is slightly overstated as a star because of his circumstance. I think he's he's an outstanding scorer, but I do agree. Right now, right now, the shine on him is a little bit high, just based off the numbers alone. Uh, let's well, we uh, welcome in. For sure. Let's welcome in Anas here, and we're going to wrap it up. And if we didn't get to you today, we promise we will get to you next time. What's good, guys? Yeah, um, I'm also out on Kemba this off season. I think we have to get off him. Um, I was playing around with the trade machine, and I was thinking, and I saw it in the chat as well possibly sending Kemba to Indiana and getting back TJ Warren. He'd be an expiring and maybe a Karis LeVert or a Jeremy Lamb with one of the holiday guys. Maybe the Celtics throw in the first. Maybe a Romeo Langford, something centered around that. That's a, that's a lot, of, lot of names there. A lot of names. I mean, LeVert is a, LeVert is a, is a star, or at least a star in the making. Um, I don't know if you're going to get a player of his caliber back in a Kemba Walker deal. Um, now you start to toss first round picks around and all those things. And, you know, may, maybe there's something there, but I have a feeling that Indiana doesn't want to part with, with Levert. Now Warren is, you know, he, he has star, you know, he Warren, Warren I like, I, I, you know, it's unfortunate that he went down with an injury pretty much right up, right off the bat this season. Um, again, he, he might be a guy that's almost too talented to get in a deal with Kemba, just based on the money that the uh, team's taking on. I mean, and I don't know how, both those teams could work it out to make it work. Maybe Bobby has a better idea, but that's some, that would be a really good, um, to me, I, I like Warren. I just don't know if, if he's yeah, a player that, that one's again, not happening. Right. The, the Indiana's a cheap team. They're not going to pay Kemba's contract. Uh, no. So I, I think there's like, 
There's probably one team, maybe two, I think. There it when is. You con- the, when, you consider, the cl- when you consider the contract, when you consider the situations here, it's going to be a very unique circumstance that brings Kemba into a different team this year. And I think that's the Clippers. I really do. Like, they need so much help at point guard. They have unlimited money. Uh, Bobby. They have so many medium-sized contracts to give up and make the money work there. I don't think there's any downside for them to do that, especially with how short-term focused they are. They are all in on this year, next year, year after with Kawhi and George. And frankly, with Kawhi becoming a free agent, that would probably boost the chance of him staying, bringing in another all-star that he's probably like fairly friendly with. What was the trade, Bobby? That you that you kind of teased in the um, you guys teased so in the. I yeah, had Morris. I had Morris in it. I doubt they want to give him up because he's really good. Um, but I think the one that Bleacher Report threw out there was. Um, I think it was Luke Kennard. You can refresh my memory. I believe it was. Ken- it was Luke Kennard. Kennard Beverly. Yeah, just some and, role and guys: Kennard Beverly and and, and, and Zuba. Zubach, Zubach. They'd probably rather give up Zubach. It was, uh, and then it was they for, have for Tristan, have for Tristan and Kemba. That was. Mm-hmm. Now, in that case, you'd be sending a first, I think. Whatever. Just I mean, that. that out. And no, I, I forgot to mention this is this is the other thing you have to consider here. The Clippers don't have first forever because of the Paul George trade. So Boston's first become a little more enticing in that circumstance. Yeah, honestly, I agree with you in terms of a team that doesn't have tax worries and might need first-round picks. That's the thing. But you are, you are, in order to move Kemba, you are also having to give assets away, and that's either a young player or – But you um, pick up assets in that regard, too. Or a first-round I mean, pick. So Kennard, is not, your... Kennard has not worked in L.A., so I don't think they'd be too worried about giving him up. Zubach, I think they'd probably split hairs a little bit about because he's a big part of what they do. Uh, but if Boston's sending first back and they can kind of get a little bit more of like a long-term focus there too, like even multiple first next two or three years, yeah. I just think that makes a ton of sense for both teams and gives Boston more flexibility here. And to go back to what people are kicking around with Beal and other stuff here, if it's not going to be Brown, you have to find like a bunch of contracts here and a bunch of picks and whatever else you can finagle to try to put a package together for some of these guys without <laughs> giving up Brown. It's probably going to fail. So at yeah. this point, I just think you make the team more balanced, bring in more medium role, role player style guys like yes. those three, and yeah. uh, you know, make make the Celtics less top heavy. Yeah, Sherrod, thoughts on that? And I think we are going to wrap. Yeah, um, I, I I just think that you're not going to find anyone, and I don't even think the Clippers, to be honest with you, will, will want to do that deal. Uh, because you know that Danny is not going to be happy taking just back Kennard. He, he's, I mean, knowing Danny, he's going to say, well, give me Paul George in return. Um, oh, man. It, it, I mean, honestly, would, would, would anyone be surprised if they, if they had talks about Kimba and he wanted Paul George in return? I wouldn't. That's, that's kind of how Danny operates. <laughs> yeah, um, that is and, how he operates. <laughs> and so I, that's, that's why I, I don't – I just – don't think that they're going to find a home for Kimba because I think that Danny has a very high value on what Kimba means, not only in terms of throughout the NBA, but to this front, to the Celtics organization. Yeah. And he's not going to just cut him loose just to yeah. cut him Doesn't loose. it seem like they tried, though? I mean, they those, did, those but reports they, could have been false. But. but they tried, Bobby, to make themselves better also and to get out from the contract. 
I, uh, I agree here with Sherrod. I, you know, when it, you're talking about Drew Holiday or whatever, I believe that you, it is really hard to move Kemba and make yourself better. You're, uh, because the contract, not playing on the back-to-backs, being a shoot-first point guard, the defensive issues, uh, there's just too many flags there where there's no way any team is giving you anything real. I, just, I don't think the perception of Kemba around the league is, is that in which people think that they're getting, you know, prime Charlotte Kemba. I think people are no. I mean, I don't think there's anybody out there that you can kind of – Danny's not going to be able to sneak the fastball by anybody on this That one, is true. And to some degree, if he's up to speed come playoff time and has a, a solid contributing performance as a, you know, as a starter in this postseason, people will be feeling much better about him. Uh, it's all about how they build him up to that point, and I think they've done a good job so far – but how's 40 minutes, night in and night out, going to no. go? That's going to be a huge determiner of how it goes. I think you, you you get the best and the most you can out of Kemba and then just kind of ride it out. And I think that's that's all, that's all you get. Maybe in that final year, there's some mobility or flexibility there. But I, I just don't I, – I think it would be hard to move in this offseason. Um, I do want to wrap it again and just let everybody know a couple uh, scheduling notes. Yeah, Alex are on the West. And, yeah – are you guys crazy? Are you really going to do a post-game show and locker room and 10 o'clock start? Yes, we are. Um, doesn't mean everybody is. No, it doesn't mean everybody is, but I'll be here and whatever idiot knucklehead wants to join me. And hopefully as many of you in the chat as possible, because we do enjoy this. Um, though we'll probably be doing shorter versions of each one. Also be about 3am. <laughs> oh, it's going to be late. But again, Bobby, you and I, buddy, this is what you and I yeah. were built for, right? Yeah, as sure. long as I get my four hours, I'm fine. So, um, so we'll be doing that. Want to mention one of our other sponsors, betonline.ag, our exclusive wagering partner over at CLNS Media. Use the code CLNS50 for 50% welcome bonus on your initial deposit. That's betonline.ag. Seriously, if you're, if you're getting in on action, go there, use the code, get some cake on the front end, and, and get rolling with it, okay? This is, uh, these guys are the best in the business, so uh, you know, don't think twice about that. Um, as Nick Gelso mentioned earlier, look for a locker room chat later on this week with Nick and uh, Cedric Maxwell. Uh, I've told you guys earlier, but anybody new here to the chat, make sure you follow all of us here on Locker Room. That way you'll be notified every single time we go live. You can also follow all of us on Twitter. Um, once again, Sherrod Blakely, Bleacher Report, uh, Boston Sports Journal, veteran Celtics beat guy, working in the NBA for 20-plus years, also host of the A-List podcast on CLNS Media. If you don't subscribe, you should. Sherrod, any idea what you got coming on Tuesday? Uh, no, working on that right now as we speak, literally. Um, okay. We'll, we'll, obviously, we'll be looking ahead to the West Coast trip, certainly getting into that and just where the Celtics stand with just this surge that we're seeing, and hopefully they can keep it going. Yeah, we had Leon. He had Leon Poe, former you know, NBA champion Leon Poe on the last Leon. podcast. That was a ton of fun, uh, super fun. So uh, definitely it's a great listen. Uh, Bobby Manning with the Dome Theory podcast. He's already gone right now. Josue Pavone, Causeway Street, in addition to an insane amount of podcasts on the CLNS Media Network. Cedric Maxwell podcast, of course. Our flagship podcast, Celtics Beat with Adam Kaufman and Evan Valenti. Um, we also have uh, – what am I missing here? I'm missing a few. Uh, oh, uh, Jeff Goodman. Causeway Street. Good, Goodman, Bob Ryan. I mentioned Causeway Street winning plays. Uh, t- tons and tons of Celtic content. And, of course, the Garden Report, which is live after every game. Uh, and I keep teasing it, but I swear, soon to be daily. Um, 
I know Julian's been waiting for that one. And the and the Jimmy John podcast in development. Jimmy John in development, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, again, for Sherrod, Jimmy, uh, Nick for opening it up. Jimmy, you started snacking just now. You couldn't wait till the very end? I did not. No, I literally have – I'm on snack suspension, self-inflicted uh, sna- snack suspension. Okay. Uh, but for all of you guys who listen, thank you. Tell a friend. Share these links when we go out there. We want more of you guys in the chat. Um, we, we've heard from a lot of people. We want to hear from more. If I didn't get to you today, I'm looking at it. I will take note, and I will try to get to you early in the next show, okay? Um, I promise. I, 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 do, I do remember, and I do take note of this. So we'll try to get to you. Thanks for joining us, guys. Any last words? No, this is good. Another good one. Yeah, yeah cool. Thanks, everybody, for joining. And um, I won't be here next show, so uh, you guys can uh, hopefully survive without me, and I'll see you guys when I see you guys. It's going to be bad, Jimmy, but we'll do our best. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Later, guys. Peace, 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 peace,